Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we could grab the lights um, on each wall, that'd be awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, turn with me, if you will. You know what? I want to start in Proverbs chapter 19. Proverbs 19, verse 21. And I do want to say this. I want to honor someone today. Mr. Van Murphy, I hear it is your birthday today. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that is awesome. And uh, he's a blessing. Your family is a blessing to this church. And we're honored to have you with us have you in this church and uh, doing everything that you guys have been called to do and, and helping this vision. Uh, it's awesome. And so we're honored to be able to spend this date with you and uh, honor that. So uh, happy birthday to you. Amen. Tomorrow is Rosalie's birthday. Amen. Another one. We just got them popping up all over the place. We were just down in Florida celebrating a birthday. So I guess this is the time to for birthdays. Amen. Uh, turn with me, if you will, Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. Brent, I don't think I have it in there. Um, we are able to throw it in there. We got it. Awesome. Right on it. Verse 21. Let's read this. It says, There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel that will stand. Another verse in the NIV actually says that uh, many are the plans of a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose. That will last forever. And we've been talking about purpose. Uh, this is now our third week in it. And we've been talking about what purpose is because everybody is searching for it. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you have a career or you're still trying to finish school. It doesn't matter if you have $2 in your account or $2 million in your account. It doesn't matter where you live, what part of the country you're from, who your family is. Uh, none of that matters. Everybody is searching for their purpose in life. Um, that's why we have people that are joining gangs and you know getting on drugs and getting in with people that they shouldn't be hanging out with. But that's also why we have uh, very famous people, actors, actors, actresses, uh, sports athletes, people that have notoriety and money, but yet they're still searching for that, and they all have no meaning or purpose to their life. The first day that we went into this, we saw King Solomon, uh, who we all are well known with his life and who he was. He's the richest man that ever walked the face of the planet. And he wrote a book called Ecclesiastes. And at the beginning of that book, he starts out and he says, meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. He says, I've, I've gained all these servants. I have all this money. I have these palaces. I have lands. I own things, uh, people working for me people that are related to me, but when it all is said and done, everything is meaningless. What is the purpose behind it? And so everybody is searching for their purpose in life. Remember we saw that uh, everyone wants to know, why am I here? Everybody's asking the question, why am I here? Why am I even on the planet? Uh, where am I from? Where, what's my source? Where did I come from? Where am I going? What is my destination? If we don't know the goal, if we don't know what we're trying to accomplish, we'll never know when we get there. What is my potential? What is my ability? What can I do? Um, that one I think is huge because I think probably everybody in this room would relate, um, and, and I'm no different. Uh, I don't feel like I've done everything that I can do. I don't feel right now that I'm doing everything that I can do, that I can potentially do with my ability. I think there's more. I think I can get uh, more fit. I think I can be uh, more administrative in my life. I think I can be more productive. I think I can influence more people. There's always more. And I, I think the majority of people are in that position of knowing what is my ability, what can I do, what is my potential. So these are questions that everybody is asking. And remember we said that if you don't know the purpose for something, abuse is inevitable. If you don't know why you're doing something or why you have something uh, or why you are the way you are, then abuse is inevitable. If we don't know why we have kids, then we'll have child abuse. If we don't know why we get married and why we have a spouse, there will be marital abuse. If we don't know why we have guns, there's gun laws that are in place and people abuse them. If we don't know why we take medicine, I mean, we've been using that one. 
uh, drug abuse comes because someone doesn't know why they're taking what they're taking or they're using it outside of that the purpose of that thing. Aspirin, Tylenol, these things have directions on the side of the bottle that tell you how often to take it. If you go outside of the purpose, then you have drug abuse. When something that was designed for a specific purpose, that was designed for a reason, when we go outside of those standards, then we abuse the thing. And we said that God created everything. There's not one thing he created that does not have a purpose. Everything God created has a purpose, period. Mosquitoes have a purpose. Snakes have a purpose. Cockroaches have a purpose. I don't know their purpose. Personally, I haven't gone and tried to discover that. But there is a purpose. You know, we find this out a lot that a lot of things that we consider pests and, and annoyances, there, there's a reason for them. I remember there was one time I was living uh, in a condo that my wife and I were living in, and there was a snake in the middle of the road. Um, and I ran over it. And I went to the guy downstairs, or he was outside, and we were talking. I said, hey, I ran over a snake earlier today. And he goes, oh, man, you shouldn't have done that. And I'm thinking, why? So it can eat my children? <laughs> Why do I want to hang on to this snake? And he says, that thing keeps all the, the rats and stuff from going into our garages and keeps them away from our houses. Okay, so there's a purpose there. And I didn't know the purpose, so I abused the snake. And I smushed him underneath my truck. So when we don't know the purpose of something, we abuse it. But everything has a purpose. Your job, there's a purpose why you have a job. There's a reason why you have money. I was watching a show not too long ago. I think I told you all about it. It's called Secret Millionaires. And these CEOs and these owners of major corporations and businesses here in the United States, they would go into rough parts of town and find nonprofit organizations to volunteer at, and then, uh, you know, they wound up giving them lots of money. And, And these guys always ended up walking away. They go, you know, I've had all this money, all this time, and I was never fully satisfied. I was never fulfilled. And now there's a little bit of fulfillment in my life because I have all this money and now I've got something to do with it. He has what? Purpose. The definition of purpose means reason, the reason why or the reason for something. So the definition of purpose means original intent. And see, the original intent of something is only in the mind of the person who creates the thing. Only Steve Jobs knows why he created all the Apple products and created this huge corporation. Only he knows. Now, obviously, he has communicated his will and his intent for the business. Now that he's passed on, he has people that are able to run it the way he wanted it ran. They're not jumping in there and saying, all right, you know, he's gone now, so let's do what we want to do. No, it's staying in line with the vision of the man who created the corporation. But the design for something, the intention for something, is only in the mind of the manufacturer, the person that creates the thing. So I can't take a Toyota vehicle to Mercedes and say, hey, how do I fix this? Or what is this thing for? Or what's wrong with my car? I need to go to the manufacturer, the creator of the thing. Only they know. And so if we want to know the purpose for our lives, we have to go to the creator. To the manufacturer. And so that's what we're doing in this series is discovering our purpose because everybody has a purpose. I heard one minister say that the wealthiest place on earth, the richest place on earth, is the graveyards because that's where unborn ideas are, that's where uh, books that were never written are, that's where paintings that were never painted or skills or talents, influences, jobs, businesses, they go there and many people are dying with their purpose because we don't know how to discover it. We don't know how to find out what our purpose is. Uh, We don't know, uh, you know, even we're going all over the place to try to discover this when God has, has laid it out in his word. And so we've been taking some time just to lay this foundation of what is purpose, how do we discover purpose, and today, uh, title of my message is Best Seller. The Best Seller. You'll see 
you know, and as you already have seen, that we're making a lot of connections with manufacturing and products and consumers and businesses because when, when it comes down to it, and last week's message was, you are the greatest product on the face of the planet. The product is just simply, simply an idea that's been produced. Every product, everything that has ever been created first began in someone's mind. Someone thought of creating a chair. Someone thought of creating a drum set. Someone thought of creating a microphone that would make you sound louder, that could help your voice carry. Somebody thought of creating windows and everything began in someone's mind. And you began in someone's mind. You were an idea that God had. We said this last week, and really we need to confess this over our lives every week. I've, I've found myself saying this to myself uh, on a regular basis now. There is something that God needs to get done that makes me necessary. You need to find yourself saying that on a regular basis. There is something, even if you don't know what it is, there were people in the Bible that just stepped out on a word and didn't even know what their full purpose was. He tells Noah, hey, go build me an ark. He doesn't even know why. doesn't even know what it's going to do. He doesn't even know the purpose for his life. He just knows God told me to build an ark, so I'm going to do it. And so you need to confess that over your life. There is something that God is trying to get done in the earth that makes my life necessary. There is somebody he wants me to influence. There is something he wants me to do. There is a job that he wants me to go to and change. A lot of us complain about our jobs and the people at our jobs. I've been there. Why do I have to go to this job? And I don't even like these people. These people hate me. I hate them. I'm tired of listening to complain. And finally it dawned on me, I'm there to change that. See, we all want to do something great, but we don't want the situations that cause, cause us to come to greatness. I mean, Jesus had a cross to go to. Paul had opposition everywhere he went. David had to face a Goliath. Those challenges bring out the greatness that's in you. There's greatness inside of everybody. And those challenges are what produce that in our lives. And we want the greatness without the challenge when it's the very challenge that's going to bring that out. You're at your job with a bunch of people that you don't like because you're there to change that and to bring life and to bring hope and to bring peace into that situation. You have to, you're, you're surrounded by family members that maybe have turned their back on you and you know there's been dissension there, but you're still there because you can bring life and, and hope to that situation and to your family. We're surrounded constantly by situations that we're supposed to be changing. And so that's what this purpose is all about. Uh, today's message is called the bestseller. Because the greatest products, how many of you have noticed, the greatest products, the, the new hot thing, they sell out quick. They get sold out quick. Somebody has done a good job of talking this thing up. Somebody has done a good job of marketing this thing and advertising this thing, uh, you know, every year. There are lines outside of Apple stores to get MacBooks, to get iPads. Uh, here in the next couple months, we're about to have another iPhone come out, and they're going to line up, and that thing's going to sell out within hours. And you're going to have to call Apple, or you're going to have to place an order, and then they're going to, uh, you know, mail it to you, or you're going to have to wait till it comes in because it's sold out. And that's what I want to talk about today: is being the best seller, selling out to your purpose. And kind of where we're going to go today is things that are going to try to attack your purpose, things that are going to try to come against your life. And so we're going to actually go on a journey today, and we're going to look at one man's life who is probably the most purposeful person ever to walk the face of the planet. He knew exactly what he was here for. He knew what he was supposed to do. And because of that, he quickly identified those things that came against his purpose. Here's the first thing you need to understand is that your life is now assignment-driven. I said this a couple weeks ago, and this is something you have to understand. Our lives now are assignment-driven. You have an overall purpose for your life. And we'll get into learning your purpose. How do you discover your specific purpose? We'll get into that in a few weeks. I'm still laying foundation. But the first thing you have to understand is because there's a purpose on your life, 
everything you come into contact with is now an assignment. An assignment is simply a task that helps you accomplish the overall purpose. When we were in school, how many of you had assignments? How many of you had tests? Okay. How many of you took the test and said, all right, where's my diploma? No. That wasn't the overall. The overall purpose wasn't to just take this test and you're done. Those were assignments and tasks and tests that got you to your purpose. You cannot, uh, we, we, we cannot mistake the task or the assignment for the overall purpose. Because sometimes we complete an assignment and we think, all right, that was it. See, that, see, if that were it, then what about all these people that have gotten all these achievements and done all these great things but still aren't fulfilled? We said in the very first week that without purpose, you will be dis. You will be disappointed, you will be discontent, and you will be unfulfilled. My, wa- my, uh, my mom, I was talking to her yesterday, and she was telling me about this documentary that uh, she saw on Mike Tyson, boxer. And it was talking about how, you know, real young, at a real young age, he accumulated lots of money very quickly, 20 to $30 million, and he blew through it very quickly, went bankrupt. And th- today I don't even know what he's doing, to be honest with you. Um, but she was talking about uh, how he said this. He literally said this, and we've all heard this. He's not the only person that's ever said it. I had all the money. I had all the fame. I could get anything I want. And still, there was a void in my life. How many times have we heard that? And yet we think this life is about a- accumulating those things notoriety, achievements, no matter how many boxing matches he won, no matter how much money he obtained, no matter how many things he bought, no matter how many women he had in his life, no matter what his life was a sum of, he still wasn't happy. There was still something missing. Now, here's what a lot of people say. He's missing God. And there's truth to that. God does fill a void in your life. There is a void that only God can fill. But there are people that I know today that know God but are still unfulfilled. Because they know God, but they don't realize that God has a purpose for them. There are a lot of people that know about God, but they don't know what God says about them and what God has for them. I'm going to tell you right now, just knowing God and just having a relationship with God isn't enough. Because you'll quickly find out that he's put you here for a reason. And when you obtain that, then your life is fulfilled. Then we have the achievements and the things that we're looking for in life that make everything else fall in line. Now I know why I have so much money. Now I know why I have the things that I have. Now I know why I have the friends. Now I know why I have the job. Now I know why I'm supposed to be here. Because... Those things line up with God's purpose for my life. So the first thing we have to understand is that your life is now assignment-driven. You didn't just happen to marry that person. You have an assignment on your life to be a husband or a wife. That is your assignment in life. You didn't just happen to get pregnant and have kids. You have now been assigned as a father or mother to those children. You didn't just happen to take that job or I interviewed for this job and they accept. No, you've been assigned to those coworkers and to those employers and the employees and the customers that are coming in. You've been assigned there. It's an assignment now. So we've got to understand that our lives are assignment-driven. There is a task that is helping us accomplish the overall purpose. Okay? Um, go with me to Mark chapter 1. Go with me to Mark chapter 1. We're going to talk about Jesus. How many of you like to go to church and hear about Jesus? We're going to talk about Jesus today. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, Jesus makes a very profound statement. It says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And when they found him, they said to him, Everyone is looking for you. Everyone's looking for Jesus. 
And look what he says in verse 38. But he said to them, let's go into the next towns that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come forth. Jesus knew his purpose. Jesus was the most purposeful man, person, being ever to walk the face of the planet. There was never a guessing game. He discovered his purpose and he knew. And because he discovered his purpose, his life became assignment driven. Now here's why the assignment is so important. Because if you don't complete the assignment, you can't move on to the next thing. If you don't finish the assignment, you don't go to the next class. If you don't take the test, then you don't pass and go to the next grade. If you don't go to the next grade, then you don't graduate. Very simple. So these assignments in our lives are what move us along in our purpose. And Jesus understood that his assignment, that his life was assignment driven. Here is what his life was not driven by. His life was not driven by people. We know Jesus loved people. God loved people. Jesus would do anything for anybody. Okay? Here are a bunch of people that are looking for him. And he says, you know what? Nope. I have a purpose on my life. We need to go to the next town. And he had just gotten done ministering. In fact, if you read right before that, he was up into the sunset laying hands on the sick and, and healing people and spending time with people. And then he gets up early the next morning and he prays because prayer is where we find our purpose, communicating with his father. And then he is able to look at his disciples. He's not moved by the people. Oh, people want to spend time with me? Great, yeah. Wasn't moved by that. Look at this again in uh, Luke chapter 4. It's another passage that almost says the same thing. Uh, Luke 4 verse 42 says, Now when it was day, he departed and went into a deserted place, and the crowd sought him and came to him. And look what it says. And tried to keep him from leaving them. A lot of us would be moved by that. Wow, a lot of people want to chase me down. A lot of people are looking for it. Everyone wants to be needed. And look what he says in verse 43. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, because for this purpose I have been sent. Jesus stated his purpose. Jesus knew his purpose. And because he knew his purpose, it kept him from wasting time and energy somewhere that he shouldn't have been. Now, we think on the outside, you know, if Jesus had gone ahead and stayed with the, with the town he was in and hung out with them and laid hands on the sick and, you know, spent more time, how would that have been a waste of time? Because it's not where God wanted him to be. Remember, we said that one of the greatest failures or the greatest failure in life is to be successful in the wrong assignment. Success is, you can only define success one way, obedience to God. And on the outside, it might seem successful to other people. But if you're outside of the will of God, see, I could have stayed in St. Augustine when God told me, God called my family to come to Valdosta, Georgia. And I could have kept pastoring. I mean, I was on staff. I was children's pastoring. And people would have looked at my life and thought, wow, he's so successful. He's spending time with kids and he's ministering to kids. But if God called me to be somewhere else, I'm actually unsuccessful. Because I'm being successful in the wrong assignment. That's why you've got to understand what your assignment is and be driven by that. And you want to sell out to that. You want to be a bestseller. Jesus was sold out to his purpose. To the point that even when people begged him to stay, don't go. He said, no, I have to go because for this purpose I was brought forth to preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also. So here we see he's not moved by people. Here's the thing you have to understand. If your life is assignment driven, any attack that comes against your life is an attack on your assignment. You have, you have an assignment to fulfill. And when something or someone tries to hinder that 
tries to hinder you from accomplishing that assignment, they're really attacking your purpose. I said this a few weeks ago. I said, the devil actually knows your purpose better than some of us know our own purpose. See, the devil knows why God placed you on the earth way back in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. The devil knows that. He knows. They're trying to bring heaven to earth. But I want control over the earth. I want, to do my, I want to do things my way. That's what got him kicked out of heaven in the first place. He wanted to do his own thing. So now, he's not an enemy against you. He's an enemy of your purpose. And he, he's wanting to take you out so you don't achieve an assignment. I know people in my life that were taken out before their assignment was accomplished. There are people in my own life very close to me that I know that wasn't your time. But the enemy, he wasn't attacking them. He was attacking their purpose. He was attacking why God put them here. He was attacking the people they were supposed to influence. He was attacking the books they were supposed to write. He was attacking the, the instruments they were supposed to play. He was attacking the influence that they would have on other people. See, we got to, if, if that's the case, then that means our number one goal in life is to guard and protect that purpose. And so now we're about to see that Jesus did that. We're about to see how tightly Jesus held on to that purpose. Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3, verse 31. Then his brothers and his mother came, and standing outside, they sent to him, calling him. He's inside a house ministering. And a multitude was sitting around him, and they said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. Verse 33. But he answered them, saying, Who is my mother or my brothers? And he looked around in a circle at those who sat about him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother. Now, Jesus is not denouncing his family. He's not saying, no, they're not really my family. In fact, what he's doing is he's broadening his circle of who he considers related to, considers himself related to. He's saying, my family are those who do the will of God. What is he saying? He's saying, not even my own family will keep me from accomplishing my purpose and my assignment. What's he doing? He's understanding that there's an attack. It seems so harmless. It's your mom and, and, and your, your brothers, and they're just you know, wanting to spend some time with you. Yeah, but they're trying to pull me away from my assignments. My assignment's more important. My assignment is more valuable. My assignment, the purpose that my father has placed on my life is more important than me spending time with my own blood family. He says, if you want to be a part of my family, do the will of my father. Find your purpose for your life and do that. That's what he's saying. Let's go another step further. Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6 and verse 1. Then he went out from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there. This is the only place where he could do no miracles. Except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Everywhere else in the Bible you'll find that he was able to heal everybody. It said, and he healed them all. They brought all the sick. They brought all the demon-possessed. They brought them all to him. Brought dead people. No problem. He gets here in his own town, and because of their doubt and unbelief, he's able to do very little. 
and he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. Here's the thing Jesus ran into. People that were familiar with who he was. You will find that sometimes the greatest hindrance to your assignment are those who know you best. I like to put it this way. People that know what you have been will struggle with who you can become. The people that know your ins and outs, the people that know what you used to do back in the day, the people that know you and know and think they know your potential, that's why we said from day one, do not let anyone else define your potential. Your mom, your dad, your teachers, your coaches, your instructors, they don't define your potential. Only the creator of a thing can define what the thing can be used for. And so we've got to find out what is our purpose, what is our assignment. You guard and protect that, and nobody can touch it. So far we have seen that Jesus, is, uh, Jesus wasn't moved by people. We've seen that Jesus wasn't moved off of his assignment by his own mother and brothers and sisters. And now we're seeing that he's not even moved by the people he grew up with, the people he hung out with. The people who know what you have been will struggle with who you can become. Here's the thing, and we'll get into this when we talk about potential, but here's what God does. God always talks about you and looks at you based upon your future and what's inside of you. But your friends and your family and those that live around you, people that know you, they can only judge you based upon who you are today and who you have been in the past. That's it. They can't see your potential unless it's given to them by God. You know, we have people in our lives that, you know, they, they love us and uh, they know we're going to do great things. I know you're going to do awesome things. And, you know, you have those. You got, you know, my mom, she's always been there. She doesn't know all the potential that's within me, but she's excited and she knows that I can do more. But she doesn't know it like God knows it. And she might be moved. When it came time to leave Texas, she's moved. And I couldn't be. I couldn't be in that posture. I had to go, hey, <laughs> who is my mother? Who is my father? Who are my brothers? And I wasn't neglecting my mom, but I'm saying, you know what's more important than our relationship? is fulfilling the assignment that God's placed on my life. That's what takes priority. And so Jesus here is identifying the thing that's most important in my life is the assignment that he's placed on my life. There is a task that, it, that needs to be accomplished. There are achievements that need to take place. Why? So I can fulfill the overall purpose. Look at the look at the next passage. Matthew chapter 16. Now it's about to get real tight. Okay? He's not moved by people. He's not moved by his own family. He's not moved by people he grew up with. But now it's about to get a little tighter. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. I find it interesting that Jesus is taking a poll here and getting people's opinions and ideas. Jesus, the, the most secure person on the face of the planet who knows who he is, but he's asking, and we're all asking. And, you know, sometimes we're concerned with what other people think we are or what we're supposed to do or who they think we are. And verse 15 says, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? In verse 16, Peter speaks up. And if you read your Bible, he was always that person. Uh, he hardly ever got it right. He got it right here, but that was only because God helped him out. But he's a very outspoken guy, and he says, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for 
flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. See, the only way Peter was able to speak about who Jesus really was was because it was given to him by God. That's it. That's the only way. Peter didn't know that on his own. And I also say to you that you are Peter. I like how they're just playing this identity game. Peter says who he is, so Jesus says, all right, I'll do you one better. Here's who you are. You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So Jesus is asking, and I love the fact that the only answer he's concerned with is the divinely given one. He's not concerned with who people say that he is. He's not moved by that. He's only concerned with the answer that was given by God. And so he addresses Peter and says, hey, that wasn't given to you on your own. You didn't figure that out. That was given to you by God. God gave you that insight. God revealed to you that I am the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. You're right. But now watch what happens here. He just... I mean, if you're Peter right now, you're on cloud nine, man. You're thinking, wow, I got this right. Jesus is just, he's, I mean, you're standing out, you're thinking, sweet. There's 11 other guys standing around here that couldn't get that one. I got it. And then he's, I'm a rock, you know, because his name's Simon. That meant shifty. And he changed his name immediately and says, now you're Peter. Now you're a rock. And I'm going to build my church on you. And I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whenever you bond on earth, we bound whatever you loose on earth will be loose. So Peter's living it up, man. He's up there. Then he commanded his disciples, verse 20, that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. Verse 21. <laughs> I wish I could have been there to see this happen. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. What's he doing? Communicating purpose. Communicating assignment. Now real quick, I just want to make this clear. The cross was not Jesus' purpose. It's not his purpose. He already stated what his purpose was. My purpose is to preach the kingdom of heaven. Then what's the cross? An assignment to help achieve the overall purpose. The cross was the test that you take in school. The diploma is the purpose. To graduate and walk the stage and, gra and, and finish school 12 years. But there are tests and assignments. And he had assignments all through his life. And up to this point, he has let nobody stop him from achieving that assignment, from achieving that purpose. Now, he's, this is six months, by the way, six months before he's about to go to the cross. He's right there. They have spent uh, two and a half years with him, walked everywhere with him, slept and drank and ate and traveled with him everywhere he's, where, everywhere he's gone, these 12 disciples. And now he's communicating assignments. No, I can't stay here. I have an assignment to go preach to these people. No, I can't go hang out with my parents right now. I have an assignment to communicate truth. No, I, I can't be moved by what the Pharisees and Sadducees say about me. I have an assignment to continue proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. Now he's got one more assignment. Now he's got one more assignment standing in front of him. The cross. And he's communicating that. Now look what happens in verse 22. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Now, Peter just got puffed up, man. He just got put up there. Jesus just gave him this huge, you know, commendation, said, This is the rock. I'm building the church on this. You're going to do binding and loosing. I give you keys to the kingdom. I mean, this is good stuff. And now he pulls Jesus aside and he attacks his purpose. He's now attacking his assignment. Now, 
let's put it, let's get in Jesus' shoes real quick. Because this is where a lot of us have been. A lot of us, you know, we, we don't let our we don't let our coworkers and our bosses tell us who we are or what we can do. You know, a lot of us we're good about, you know, mom and dad, you know, that was back then, but you know, this is something that I'm supposed to be doing now, but now we're getting to friends. People that really care about us. And at this point, six months before Jesus is going to the cross, he ain't got many friends. If you go over in John, everybody has left him. He had other people following him, and they're saying, you know what, this guy's crazy. And slowly, the multitudes quit following him. If they do follow him, they just want him to raise someone else from the dead or open up another deaf ear, and they don't care about what he has to say anymore. He said, you're a wicked and perverse generation. All you want is a sign. Nobody's listening to the words I'm speaking. Well, now he's got 12 guys. And even closer than that, he's got three. Peter, James, and John. And one of his best friends, his closest in his camp, pulls him aside and says, no, you don't have to do this. You don't need to do this. May it never happen. What does Jesus do? Does he remain assignment driven? Or does he say, you know what, Peter, you're right. I mean, after all, I am Christ, the Son of the living God. Let's find another way. No, let's look what he says. Verse 23. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. That means a stumbling block. That means you're trying to trip me up. You're trying to get me off course. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. So we've seen that Jesus is not moved by the people. Jesus is not moved by his own family. Jesus is not moved by uh, relatives and people he grew up around and that he's known all his life. Now he's not even moved by his closest friends and even has the, the gall to look at him and call him Satan. Get thee behind me, Satan. Why? Because he's looking past Peter and he's saying, there's someone on the inside of you or you're giving yourself over to the enemy who's trying to get you to speak into my life to get me off course. You're attacking my assignment. You're attacking the most valuable thing in my life. You're attacking my number one goal. You're attacking everything I'm living for. You're going after the one reason why I'm here. You're trying to get me to not achieve a task, not accomplish a task, achieve a goal, finish a test and an assignment. Do you think he wanted to take that test? Absolutely not. In fact, you find later on when he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane that he's asking God, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. That's the one test he didn't want to take. That's the one assignment he didn't want to have to go through. And he's saying, is this necessary? Is this test, is there another way to accomplish my purpose without having to go down this road? But still, when it came down to it, not my will, your will. His life was assignment-driven. He was focused on the task at hand. He did not let his best friend get him off. And it's amazing, you know, that he gives him like the highest commendation possible. You are the church. You're the rock. And he turns right around and he gives him like the worst rebuke ever. I mean, he calls him Satan. And the disciples are like, dude. The guy that has the king, keys to the kingdom is Satan. I mean, it's crazy shift. Why? Here's why. Because Peter, when he said that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, spoke on God's behalf. Remember, he said, you didn't get that from man, you got that from God. But then what did Jesus tell him? He said, get thee behind me, Satan, you are an offense to me. You are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. There are people 
in our lives that will test how much, how sold out you are. They will test, are you a bestseller? They will test, will I sell quickly? And you have to sell out to the vision and to the purpose and to the assignment. And you have to understand and you got to see through it. I have been in this situation many times. When I uh, finished high school, uh, when I, while I was in high school, my senior year, I was in a band playing drums and loved it. I mean, it was everything I wanted to do all, all high school. I went to concerts all the time, and now I'm in a successful band. I mean, we got T-shirts and CDs and everything, man. This is the real deal. We went and we recorded, and I mean, it was awesome. Loved it. But I knew since I was a kid that I'm called to the ministry. I'm supposed to go to Bible school when I get out. And I tell you, that worst that summer was one of the worst summers of my life because I'm wanting to hang on to what I'm doing now. And I could have been successful doing that, but I wouldn't have been, I would have been successful in the wrong assignment. And I had already enrolled, I was ready to go, but there's still that part of me that was like, man, don't, I could do that anytime. Let's do the band thing. If it doesn't work out, I'll go to school next year. It's not like it's going to go away, but I'm glad I went when I went. In fact, I would have been completely out of it if I did it, because then I wouldn't have met Marcus Kreiner. I wouldn't have ended up in Florida, and I definitely wouldn't have ended up here. <laughs> of a one decision with people close to me, friends, not my parents. My parents were actually urging me to go to school, thank God. But friends and the band saying, man, now we got to find another drummer and we're not going to find one like you and blah, 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 and putting all that weight on there. And Are they being mindful of things of God or are they being mindful of things of man? And so what I have to do, I had to guard and protect that assignment. No, my assignment in this band is up. I'm not saying I wasn't supposed to be in the band, but now the assignment is up and it's time to go. It's time to make a different path. Off of that one decision. Sure, I could have waited a year. Could have waited two years. I could have. I mean, the school's still there. I could have waited till 2012 to go. But look at everything that would have been missed off of just one simple decision. We have to protect that assignment. We have to guard that assignment. I'm just going to go through these verses real quick. John chapter 4. This is how tied Jesus was to his assignment and to his purpose. John 4.34 says, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. That's my food. That's my daily source. That's what I live off of is to do his will, not to please people. Look, your job in the earth is not to convince others of what God has called you to do. My job is not to convince people that I was right in following God. My job is not to convince people that God has a purpose for my life and to show them that I'm living that out. That's not my job. Jesus didn't try to do that. He just said, you're with me or you're not. So he said, my daily source, what keeps me alive, that's what food is, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work, the assignment. John chapter 5, verse 30, he says, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. That's interesting because a lot of times we think, you know, Jesus, Son of God, he could do whatever he wanted. Uh, you know, obviously he's going to do God's will. But he says right there he had his own will. And I choose not to do it. I don't do anything on my own will, out of my own will. John 6:38 John 6:38 For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him who sent me He sold out to his purpose 
My life is assignment driven. I have an assignment on my life and I'm here to do that and that alone. John 8 verse 28. Then Jesus said to them, when you lift up the son of man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing of myself. But as the father taught me, I speak these things. Now he's saying, I don't even say what I want to say. I have an assignment on my words. What I'm saying is actually been assigned by God. John 12, verse 49 says, For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. And that's it. Period. Bottom line. I'm not doing my own thing. A clarity of purpose will cause you to live a life driven in everything you do. When you understand the purpose for something, when you understand the purpose for your life, and when you understand why you're here and what you're supposed to do and what your potential is, then you will be that driven and that focused in everything that you do. Nothing will get you off course. Nothing, no person, no relationship, no matter how close they are, will drive you away from what God has assigned for you to do. And remember, God does everything with purpose. Nobody's an accident. If you were an accident, then that would make that verse a lie. The word accident actually means unintentional. And then purpose means the original intent. We all know as parents, if your child did something, we know the difference between them doing something on accident or on purpose. And God does everything on purpose. He meant to do it. So there's an assignment attached to your life. Clarity of that purpose, that assignment, will cause you to be driven in everything that you do. Now look at this in John chapter 13, verse 1. This is right off that last verse we just read. He said, that, what the, that which the Father has told me, so I speak. Now, John 13, verse 1. Now, before the feast of the Passover, look at this. When Jesus knew that his hour had come. What's he saying? This assignment's almost up. This assignment, it's almost done. You know, a lot of us, we don't even know when our assignments are done. We don't even know when the assignment began. We don't know the end. We don't know the destination. And when you don't know the end of something, you don't know when to quit. And he's saying that he knew his hour that had come when, when he should depart from the world to the Father. And look at this in John chapter 17, verse 4. This is Jesus praying. He's praying to his Father. You want to be able to say this one day. He says, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. I have finished the work. Clarity of purpose will help you know when you have completed an assignment. When you understand your purpose and when you understand your, your life is assignment driven, then you'll know. I know people that left jobs too early. And they were moved because of family. They were moved because another job would pay them more money. They were moved because uh, it was in another part of the country and they wanted to go live there. They wanted a life change. But I also know people that have stayed at jobs longer than they should have. Why? Because they didn't understand that their job is an assignment. They didn't understand. They thought they were there to make money so they could put food on the table. And that's not the purpose of a job. And see, what happens is when you don't understand the purpose for your job, then you abuse it. Well, they're not paying me enough. They can't pay you enough. There's no job on the, on the face of this planet that could pay you enough. Because you're, you're way too valuable. I, just, I came to that a long time ago. You know, there's no job that could pay me enough. It's not about the money. I want to go to and get a job, and I want to work at a place where God wants me to be. Who do you want me assigned to? You want me to work at Walgreens? All right. There must be somebody here that needs Jesus. That's my, that's my only assignment. 
And then when the assignment was done at Walgreens and it was time to go to Target, then I went to Target. And when it was done at Target and I had to go to the bank, it was time to go to the bank. It was assignment. It wasn't because this one pays more than this one. It wasn't because I didn't like working with these people. It wasn't because I wanted to do something different. None of those jobs were one I wanted to do anyways. I had to do that until, they're re- until the church is ready to support me. But I did it as an assignment. And I said, God, where do you want me to work? God, where do you want me to put my kids in school? God, do you want me to stay at home or do you want me to, to uh, go back to work? Stay at home, Mom? Okay, then my assignment is my kids and my husband and my home. Assignment. Well, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. No, you're not just a stay-at-home mom. You are assigned to a family to do something in that house, to provide a meal or to keep the house clean or to raise your children in a godly home. Are your kids assigned to go to public school, go to Christian school, or go to home school? It's assignment. You don't make these decisions. God does. Those are assignments in your life. And so now we know why we're doing it. I know why I'm keeping my, my kids home. I know why they're in public school. I know why I'd rather put them in private school. You know why. And then when you know why, you don't abuse it anymore. When you know why you have a job, then you don't go there complaining about your boss and complaining about the coworkers. You go in saying, thank you, Lord, you have placed these people around me. And you have given me wisdom and boldness to influence their lives with the kingdom of God. Oh, that one's an alcoholic over there and he's abusing his wife? Well, I'll just keep showing him the love of God and watch that thing turn around. Instead of complaining about it, instead of saying, man, I don't like my coworkers, I better find another job, you better talk to God and say, okay, God, is, is my assignment up here? And there will come a time. There was a time when Jesus' assignment was up and he quit traveling. And he went out to a city and he hung out there. Wasn't laying hands on anybody. Wasn't ministering to anybody. He was just sitting there waiting. All right, God, when's when's time to go to Jerusalem? And then you know what? When he got the word from God to go to Jerusalem, it was the worst time to go. In fact, his disciples warned him, you can't go in there. They will kill you the the second you step foot in Jerusalem. They didn't line up. Well, man, you shouldn't take that job. This job pays way more. But God assigned me to this job. And it's more important for me to be in God's will, doing his assignment, fulfilling the purpose for my life, than take that job. You can't stay at home. I mean, you got to bring in the extra money. I mean, you, you, your husband can't bring in all the money by himself. No, God's assigned me to stay at home with my children. So then guess what? God is obligated to provide for you because you're in his will. You know what Jesus told his disciples? He said, they can't touch me. He said, the son of man, they don't take my life. I lay it down. He knew that. Look at how many times... He was in a crowd where people were ready to stone him, ready to throw him off the side of a cliff, ready to beat him to a pulp, and he walked right through. Why? Wasn't his time yet. My assignment's not up. You can't touch me. We will be provided for. The income will sustain us. God will take care of us. Why? Because I'm in my assignment. Now, if he assigns you to go back to work, because there's a place of influence he wants you to be, and you say, no, I'll just stay at home, we're doing all right, it's going to dry up. Look at Elijah. He stayed by a brook, and he just wanted to stay by there. There's a big old famine, and he's got birds bringing him uh, meat and bread, and he has a river to drink from. Well, when that assignment was up, the thing dried up. Birds weren't coming, and the water ran out of, the river ran out of water. Why? The assignment has now... I want you to go to this old woman's house who's about to eat her last meal with her son and die. And now you're going to be able to influence her life for the kingdom of God. Purpose. That's why we've got to understand and discover our purpose. 
And we can take the greatest lesson from Jesus, the most purposeful person on the, pa- on the place, the pla- what am I trying to say? The face of the earth, the face of this place. <clears throat> He's purposeful. Everything he did, this is an assignment. I'm assigned to Samaria. I'm assigned to Judea. I'm assigned to Jerusalem. I'm assigned to the Galileans. I'm assigned. He did nothing out of assignment. Oh, you want me to hang out a little bit longer? You know, there's one minister that just really ministered to me. He said, I don't do anything by invitation. I only move on assignment. He says he turns down more places to minister than he answers. And then when he shows up, he lets them know, I'm not here because I want to be. I'm here because the Holy Spirit has told me to be here. Not that he doesn't want to be. He wants to be in God's will. And he wants to be in God's will more than he just wants to travel and minister to people. It's only by assignment. Only by assignment. So we've got to become assignment-driven people. When you understand that each individual assignment in your life causes the whole overall purpose. Every thought, every action, every word you say. You know what? I'm, I, I don't just happen to have to go to Target to pick up some stuff. I've been assigned. And I may run into someone today that needs the love of God in their life, and I'm going to be the one to give it to them. And so now as I'm walking through Target, I'm praying in the Holy Spirit and say, Father, is there anyone you want me to talk to? I'm not just shopping. I'm not just taking care of myself. That's how you bring the kingdom to earth how we we go from being focused on ourselves and i just need to pick up some diapers and some formula to god who do you, is there someone here you want me to speak to do you want me to pay for someone's groceries that's in line behind me assignment assignment driven everything becomes an assignment and that's how that's how we fulfill the purpose that god it's that simple you know, when we look at something like discovering a purpose, it sounds so epic and so huge. It's like discovering your purpose. It's as simple as, I don't just happen to be at Outback Steakhouse tonight. Maybe, maybe the waitress that I have tonight, maybe she's going through something really rough. I mean, these are, I'm telling you scenarios that I've been in, and I've disobeyed God many times. Where afterwards he said, you were supposed to do this for her. You were supposed to say this to her. And I didn't. And I failed an assignment. I just, I was hungry. <laughs> I was just focused on, I'm hungry and I want to eat my steak. You know, there was a time, I'll close with this. Jesus, there was a time he showed up with his disciples in Samaria. Jesus is a Jew. And Jews and Samaritans, they don't even get along. On top of that, Jews and women didn't get along. And he's tired. The Bible actually says, Jesus was weary from a long day's journey. It's the actual word. And he's sitting down in a well. His disciples go into town to get him food. And he's sitting down at the well, and a lady shows up. A Samaritan woman. Just like double jeopardy. Like this is the worst of the worst. And he says... Draw me some water. <laughs> That's all he wants, man. He just wants some water. But you know what he ended up doing? He ended up setting that woman free. She went back into the town, told everybody about it, and changed the town. Why? Because my life's assignment driven. I'm not here just to get water. So his disciples come out with the food. They just went and got all this food for him, and he... He says, I'm not even hungry. And I'm thinking, what? He says, and that was the verse we saw, my food is to do the will of my Father. You know what just took care of me naturally? Was the fact that I just obeyed God spiritually. He literally wasn't even hungry naturally. Because he just obeyed God in a position where he could have just thought about himself and say, I'm tired, I just want some water. He ended up setting that woman free out of marriage abuse. She goes and tells the whole town. Everybody comes out, and he does signs and wonders. Man, that's how I want to live my life. 
That's, those are the achievements you want in your life. And nobody else may know about it. Nobody may know that you prayed for someone in the aisle at Target. No one may know that, that you uh, gave someone money at your work because they were in need of it. Nobody may know that stuff, but God does. And he's placed the assignment in your life. And he wants you to be driven by those assignments and not let anything attack it or come against it. You should make your life walking out of these doors today. Whatever that assignment is, I'm guarding it and protecting it. Nothing will pull me off of it. I will not leave this job until I'm supposed to leave it. I will not look for another job until I'm supposed to look for it. I will not, uh, you know, whatever it is, whatever that assignment is in your life. And that's how we live a purposeful life. I'll tell you, you'll, you'll be like Jesus. You'll get to the end. You'll say, I have finished. I have run my race, like Paul said. I've ran my course. I've stayed my course. And I, I want to say that. When it's time to go, I want to be able to say, I want to be able to look at God and say, I have finished the work you gave me to do. The assignment, I did it. My life was purposeful, meaningful. It wasn't because I had all the money in the world. It wasn't because I owned everything. It's because I was taken care of by you because I stayed in your will. That's it. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you.